everybody. I'm Bill Stevens. I'm one of the pastors here. And My name is Jim Candy. Uh, Bill and I are uh, two pastors that about five years ago got Ascent started. Jim and I have been looking forward to this for about three months yeah, now. We have, sure. we have been thinking about it. We have been praying about it. We feel like God has really put something on our hearts and on the hearts of our leadership for, for the, ne the next steps for Ascent Church. We are, th th here's what we picture in our heads. We picture Jesus gathering together with his disciples, his closest friends, and we can picture him on one of those days, just a normal day, because I bet you Jesus was an early riser. I bet you he was someone that didn't need a cup of coffee. He's just going, you guys, here's what we get to do. We get to show the adventure that it is to follow me. We get to, we get to be so generous with this information. We get to tell people about the love that my father has for people. We get to show them the grace and the mercy. You guys, how are we going to surprise people? today because they are going to be shocked by the things that we will do. Can you picture Jesus sitting there with a group of people and just going, this is going to be another good day. Well, I feel like that's what's happening right here at Ascent, where we just feel like God is coming to us and he's just going, you guys, do you realize what we have in store? Do you realize what has already happened and what's happening now and what's going to happen in this church and, and what could happen as we all step into that? And so we're looking at it, and we're just going, man, if we could all get on the same page with that, how far can this go? So here's what's happening today. What we wanted to do this morning, the reason why both of us are up here today, is that we wanted to look back, we wanted to look at it and look ahead, because a story is being told here, that God is writing this ridiculous story, and you're all part of that story. Some of you that are here for the very first time today are still part of the beginning of that story. If we're going to be here for decades and decades and decades, we're still in chapter 1 and 2 right now. And so you're part of the very beginning of this story. And so we want to celebrate that because it was five years ago this week that we met in someone's house with about 20 people and said, here's the vision. What do you guys think? Are we ready to fall in line with what the Lord is going to do in this place? And, uh, and so we did it. We got with that, that, that group of people gathered. We shared with them a video that we put together that shared our vision of why we wanted to do Ascent. And we thought the first thing we want to do today, as we look back, before we look at and we look ahead, we want to show that video for you guys so you can see that the original vision is still here for what we want to do with Ascent. Now, when we show this, there's one small thing that has changed dramatically in the last five years, and we want to see if you guys can recognize that. So let's, let's show this. People ask all the time, why would the world need another church? You know, you think about it, it's a... Do you guys notice how big that tree has gotten? It's changed a ton. Very funny, very funny. Ha ha funny. <laughs> I mean, the, the best, Jim, I have to say, I know I give you a bad time every once in a while, but. Every once in a while. You, you, you look better today than you did five years ago. I agree, I agree. I look way better you now look than I did before, yeah. You I, well, I, I actually look at that and I just go, man, yeah, that's why I did it. Like that little tuft had to go. <laughs> Yeah. I was hoping he'd just keep it for as long as he could. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, thank God it's gone. Yeah. 
Anyway, should we keep going? All right, keep going. <laughs> keep Question, why don't we just spend our time and energy and money working on churches that already exist and making them more effective? But, you know, that doesn't take into account what God is doing for some reason with churches today. Churches that are new tend to attract disproportionately more young adults than existing older churches. Or what about the fact that new churches tend to have new Christians at about three times the rate of older churches? Those are things you can't ignore, and this matters. It matters because we are living in the most unchurched time in American history. You know, it's especially discouraging among young people. About one-third of all young adults under the age of 30 report no religious preference. This is a really young area, about 15 points higher in terms of being young than the national average. If you took the Boulder-Denver corridor and you drew a 25-minute driving circle around that area, there's about 600,000 people in that area. Three out of four of them are under the age of 44. It's young, it's entrepreneurial, it's irreligious, and it is growing. You think about this, in the next 10 years, about a million more people are expected to move into the front range of Colorado. I ask you this, what kind of churches will be waiting for them? We have a big dream. It's a God-sized dream. We believe God is calling us to plant not just a church, but a network of churches spread around the front range. We want churches that are big enough to make an impact, take risks and dare to impact our communities, but small enough to care about people, our communities, and help people to serve how they're gifted by God. We have taken a leap of faith with this, and, and we know that. But I'll tell you what, we've been thinking about it being this big vision for us, but really we're stepping right into the middle of God's vision. And we've already seen Him at work in so many powerful ways. And the reality is, is we need other people to step in there with us. We need some people to come alongside and say, let's do this thing. Let's make an impact in this community. Think of my neighborhood. And I think of those people that have options of different churches that are out there, but are still choosing not to go. How do we give them places where we can meet them in the midst of their lives and their house? How do we get there and say, you need to know Jesus. That's why we got to do this. Sweet logo. <laughs> um, hey, I, I just got to say to you, Bill, since we're so honest with each other, um, I, I realized while I was watching that video, I just thought, oh my God, Bill is a vampire. He, he never ages. Have you, like, he never gets older. I am co-pastoring with a vampire. And I, so, I, and I, I, like, you just look the same. And I also realized you're wearing the same shirt that I'm you not. were wearing in the video. Yes, you, so you don't change your hair, no, you don't change your true. face, but it's you don't so change your clothes true. either, this bro. Shirt, so. This red shirt underneath we just made last week I, just surprised <laughs> him, so I know it wasn't the same. If I had an Old Navy gift card, I would hand it to him right now. <laughs> old Navy. Go over there and buy Plus, yourself I was wearing double X's back then. I'm in XL now. <laughs> All right, that's, that's true. Good job. Thanks. Good job, Thanks. yeah. Uh, hey, in case you missed it, in, in case you lost it in what the video is talking about there, let me try to summarize why Ascent exists here as quick as I can. We wanted a church where anybody with any kind of background, somebody that maybe doesn't believe in God, somebody that hasn't been to church in years and years and years, maybe they were injured or hurt by the church in some weird way that happened to you, 
or, um, or maybe you just, you know, you don't know that God's real or that you're not seeing God in your life. We wanted anybody to be able to walk in these doors with no experience required and come into this place and feel like, yeah, I get this. I can hear about Jesus in language that doesn't freak you out or make you run for the doors. And that, that includes all of you who invite people in here. We know that you take a risk when you do that and you invite a friend or somebody into this space. We take that so seriously. So that, that, was, that was a big piece of it. But there's a big and there because there's some churches that do that. But we thought, you know what, we need that and we need a place where anybody can walk in these doors and actually find friendships. Like we don't want to just be friendly people. We, wanna, we want you to actually find friends in this place. Here's the thing. We actually don't think that you can grow the way that God wants you to grow unless you're connected to other people. It is a huge part of what it means to be a follower of God, a follower of Jesus, is I can, I can come into a space, I can ask any questions I've got, I can hear it in plain language, and the big and, and I can find other people that are going to walk through life with me. And, and the truth is, when we started five years ago, the church like started growing like crazy. And, and I think God blessed that original vision in, in some ways that kind of surprised us. And so what, what happened is we started growing, and we actually started meeting, for those of you who know, some of you were there. We started meeting in the Omni Hotel over here on 36. And so we were meeting there, and things were going all right. We had people, but it became quickly apparent we couldn't stay there. We had a big problem. Even though the church was starting to grow, we, we didn't have a home. And so the Omni, Omni was great, except it was too expensive, and there were, like, too many bridal expos that fell on Sunday mornings. So... <laughs> We, you know, we, we couldn't keep meeting there. So literally, here's what happened. One day on a Sunday morning, we asked the church, we said, hey, uh, we really want you to pray for this. And not just say you're going to pray for it. Like, would you pray that God helps find us a home? And one of the places that we had talked about was this space that you're sitting in right now. In fact, Bill had gone over and made a little video in front of here. I'm telling you right now, it, it was a miracle within 72 hours we had permission from the city of Louisville, and we had keys in our hands to be able to use the space. And if you know, I'm learning about commercial real estate. That's kind of miraculous that it happened that quickly after we asked that group to pray. I want to show you. I talked about Bill made a video about this space. Check out, check out this video right here. We'll show you the, what happened with it. is the old Sam's Club on McCaslin in Louisville. Not bad size. I think the building's about three acres. <laughs> so we're, we're not going to use three acres, but we'll use, you know, maybe 20,000 square feet of the space. But isn't that wild to see that space? You know, it's so crazy. Man, so geez. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really fun. I was really obnoxious back then. I'm glad I've calmed down a lot. Yeah, since you then. really calmed great. down. Not obnoxious Jeez. at all anymore. No, you know what was what was so remarkable about that time, and it really, really over these five years, there were these there's these markers, and part of the reason why we call that a marker is that 
is that there are these points in time that we flat realize that God was doing something far more than what we could picture, far more than what we had imagined. Far, you know, to be able to find this kind of space, I mean, it, it just brought us to our knees. Yeah. And, there, and, and both of us will tear up at times, and it's those times where you just go, God's so far out in front of us. He's, he's doing so much more, and, 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 and it just, it's so humbling that, it's, that it brings you to tears of just going, wow, look at what God had in store in this place. And so uh, it transformed, I mean, and, and, uh, and we got to see it transform. And so that was kind of the beginning, that was the beginning, that first marker. After we got into this place, uh, leaders just started coming out of the woodwork for us. We started having people that were coming up to us saying, man, let's do this, and let's do this, and let's start a, a women's Bible study, and let's, let's do a coat drive, and, and people were doing that. And our response to that was, hey, if you want to see that happen, you're going to have to make that happen because we don't have enough staff to make it happen. You're going to have to make that happen. And what happened was people started to do that. Instead of just coming to church, we, people became the church. And, and things were happening, and, and people were stepping up, stepping up into these different roles, and we just, we just loved it. We loved watching it. People would say, all right, we need middle school. We need to help with middle school ministry. We're going to do this. And 20 people would, start, would, would sign up with Chris to do middle school stuff, and next thing you know, you got 100, 120 kids coming in here for, for middle school ministry. We saw that all over the place. Our children's ministry started to blow up, and we had, and, and Kayla ended up getting, you know, 50 or 60, and now 90 to 100 people volunteers to help with children's ministry and you just go man they just people just started stepping up into those roles so it was really fun watching that happen over that year in the in the fall to christmas time around to in 2014 we had what we would call a second marker and this is one that that came from a very simple beginning and, and we just started realizing how much it was changing in a lot of ways the ethos of our church we had a, someone come to us from the congregation that said I have a friend in the Louisville Police Department that is doing a toy drive. His name was Officer Haymore. And she said that he has, is collecting toys for kids, but he doesn't have enough toys to meet the needs of the number of kids in the area. And she said, is it possible for Ascent to partner with Officer Haymore to try to get toys to these kids? And we said, absolutely, let's do this. That would be a great thing for us to do. And, and so we said, let's do the toy drive. And the next thing you know, we started collecting toys. And you guys, the number of toys that came in was over the top. I mean, the, it, it, Officer Hamor had a couple of boxes of toys before this, and then this is what he got to, to use for his toy drive from that first year. He was <laughs> overwhelmed with it. And if you have a chance to watch that video, he <laughs> just so tears up himself from, from going, this, this just changed the toy drive. What happened for us from this, as fun as that was to help him and to help the Louisville Police Department with it, is it did two things for us. It, it, it identified two things. The first thing identified is the generosity of this church. We started to realize that any time there was ever a need and we threw it out here to ascent, that people would respond like crazy to it. That we would say, we need, we're going to do a coat drive and we just get this massive amount of coats. Or we do a canned food drive and you guys would just go nuts on, on a canned food. We did a hygiene drive and you're giving out tooth, you're giving toothpaste like, like nobody's business, just bringing a ton of toothpaste in here. The, the college drive that we do right now where we, we collect up all that food that you guys heard about and we give it out to college students because we just want to bless college students because we know that, that, that they will have trouble finding a church that loves them, and, and so we do that college drive, and you guys go crazy with the number of things that we're going to be able to put into bags 
for college students. We realized that this church is a ridiculously generous church, that you guys want to give to the need. That was the first one that we realized. The second one we, re- we realized was, uh, what was the second one? The first one was the only one that's... Im- well, I, I think what we realized at that point was that we live in a community that actually doesn't have a real good perception of church. That's a good, and, yeah, that's and, it. And this was a turning point for how we interacted with them. Barna, George Barna did this research on it, and he said that he said people that don't go to church, they find that 87%, that they think that 87% of people that go to church are judgmental. 87%. 85% are hypocritical, 72% are out of touch with reality, 78% are old-fashioned, and 68% are flat boring. <laughs> Ouch! That one, <laughs> that one hurts. That one hurts. We realize we have a perception problem, and we realize that the best way to, to, to meet that perception problem is develop great relationships and go over the top, no holds barred, no strings attached, right. generosity to the city. Right. We thought if we combine those two things, relationships and generosity, that changed the perception that people had of what's going on at the church. And we've seen that. We developed great relationships with Chief Hayes and the, and the chief of police with the city of Louisville. And, and we developed relationships with all the principals in the area and, and, de- and ended up with great re- friendships with the Boulder Valley School District and, and then school districts outside of the Boulder Valley. We, we got to know the manager at Home Depot and the delivery guy at Domino's. You could, one, we, if you were back, you remember back then, we had a guy from Domino's come in and deliver pizza and we, t- we co- did a collection for his tip. And during, we gave during him, the service. During the service and we gave him a $1,900 tip. For the, for the pizza that he brought true, in. True story. Oh. He was a little surprised. It, yeah, yeah, you can imagine. So, so we, got, we got to know these people, and we just got to, we, we got to surprise them with generosity, and, and it became part of the ethos of our church. We, we just realized that the, the church exists for us to go to know Jesus, but then to surprise them with what Jesus has shared with us. And so I think this is what we're fired up about today. We are fired up that we've seen these couple markers over our history, and I think we are entering right now into marker number three. We think God's about to do something with this church that is our third major marker along the way. And for some of us, maybe you've been around, you know we've got land out here we're trying to build on at uh, 96. Maybe you think, well, it's just moving into a new building. As important as that is and as wonderful as it is, that's not our vision. That's going to help us with our vision. But the next 12 to 18 months, I think God has even a much greater vision and a greater marker ahead. And dang it, here's what we're saying today. We think every person in this room ought to be involved in this next chapter of the story if it's actually going to happen. So I want to show you a a passage. Bill and I have been praying about this, thinking, what what is the next step for ascent? We've been praying about this, and this is the passage that uh, we keep coming back to that we think is going to be central to what happens at this church over the next 12 to 18 months. Here's a story from Jesus. Jesus, Jesus is, was a great master storyteller. Actually, and, and too, just so we're all clear, like we think Jesus was God on earth. And so when he tells a story or says something, we actually think we're hearing the words of God. And so this isn't just, you know, a nice teacher. This is what we think God has for us. So Listen to the story because I think this is central to the next chapter of this church, and we're hoping central to a lot of the lives that are sitting in this room. Here's the story Jesus told. 
talking to his followers. He says, at that time, God's kingdom will also be like a man leaving home to travel to another place for a visit. So he's got people and he's telling this story and he starts with a guy who's leaving his home and he leaves some people behind. Before he left, he talked with his servants. He told his servants to take care of his things while he was gone. He, deci- uh, he decided how much each servant would be able to care for. The man gave one servant five bags of money. He gave another servant two bags, and he gave a third servant one bag of money, and then he left. The servant who got five bags went quickly to invest the money. Those five bags of money earned five more. It was the same with the servant who, two ba- who had two bags, right? These guys are going out, and they're investing, and they're multiplying things. They're doubling it. That servant invested the money and earned two more. But the servant who got one bag of money went away, listen to this, went away and dug a hole in the ground. And then he hid. He took the bag of money and he hid it down in the hole. After a long time, the master came home and he asked the servants, the three servants, what did you do with this money? The servant who got five bags brought that amount and had five bags more of money for the master. The servant said, Master, you trusted me to care for five bags of money, so I used them to earn five more. The master said, you did right. You are a good servant who can be trusted. You did well with that small amount of money, so I will let you care for much greater things. Come and share my happiness with me. Then the servant who got two bags of money came to the master, and the servant said, Master, you gave me two bags of money to care for, so I used your money, your two bags, to earn two more. The master answered, you did right. Isn't that weird, you guys? Just didn't, you, think about what he's about to say here. This guy didn't do nearly as much as the guy with five bags, but look at what he said. You did right. You are a good servant who can be trusted. You did well with a small amount of money, so I will let you care for much greater things. The exact same thing he told the other one. Come and share my happiness with me. Then the servant, listen to this, then the servant who got one bag of money, the one who buried it, servant said, Master, I know you're a very hard man. You harvest what you did not plant. You gather crops where you did not put any seed. In other words, we're the ones who do all the work around here. So I was afraid. I went and I hid your money in the ground. So here's your one bag of money back, the one that you gave me. Look at, look at what the master says here. Master answered, you're a bad and lazy servant. You say you knew that I harvest what I didn't plant and that I gather crops where I didn't put any seed. So you should have put my money in the bank at least, right? Then when I came home, I would have gotten my money back and I would also get the interest that my money earned. Man, when we were reading that, it's, it is interesting how there's a primary point to Jesus' parables, and we want to talk about that with that, one, that servant with one that buried it. But before we do that, there's also some secondary points to it. And that point that we were talking about, that, that, he, that person with five, he, gave, he did it and turned it to ten. The person with two turned it to four. And Jesus did not differentiate. He didn't say, this person did it better. You're my MVP. You're the one that's doing great, and you, did, you aren't. He looked at them both, and he said, well done. And we have to hear that. You have to hear that voice. We constantly compare ourselves to everybody else, and we say, I don't have enough compared to that guy. I wish I was giving as much as that person. I wish I gave as much time, talent, or treasure as that other person did. And and Jesus saying, it flat does not matter so long as you do something with the gifts that I'm giving you. And, and I think for us, this, this, this is why we think this passage is marker number three for our little section of the world here, this little church community. I look at this, and I kind of immediately can empathize 
with the guy who hid the thing in the ground. I don't know if any of you can. You know, it's easy just to go, oh, yeah, these other two servants, that's, that's who. My mind goes, I can totally empathize with the people, with that one guy who hid it in the ground. Because if you think about it, you think about our church, or you think about your own life and the gifts that you've been given. I, I think about it in terms of our church. Like five years ago, we had no money. We had no people. We had no building. We had nothing. All we had was this big dream that God might actually do something with us. Here's the funny thing. When you don't have anything, you're willing to take a risk. But the second that we're given something, it's so easy to start thinking, how can I protect it? It's so easy to go, man, I just got to bury this thing in the ground because I, I don't want to screw it up. And so for me, I told... Isn't it interesting that the very thing that God blesses us with is the thing that we end up, it holds us back the most. Well, and I, so, yeah, for me, it's like I empathize totally with the guy that buried it in the ground. And I sometimes think, like, are, are we going to do that as a church? Oh, man. And, and Jesus' response to it is you're lazy or you're bad or in another, another translation says you're wicked. And you look at that and you go, man, that's lame. Because just what you're saying, you're going, yeah. I relate to it. Right, totally. I, I have it and I'm going, I don't want to lose it. And so we try to protect it. And Jesus is going, man, that's lazy or bad or wicked. And you just go, that's, that's harsh, Jesus' language in that. But we got to recognize that Jesus looks at every single one of us and says, you have such an unbelievable capacity to do good. You have such a capacity to do good. And the reason why you do is because of what I've given you. The master gave his servants this stuff. He gave them his possessions. And we're not talking about a cloak and sandals. Jesus gave us his, his love, his grace, his mercy, his patience, his peace. He's given us his power. And he's saying, you have such a ridiculous capacity to do good with that, that when we hide in our fear, we, he's looking at us going, come on. You can do so much with it. Don't hide, don't hide from it. Step out and do something with it. It's, it's crazy to think that the very thing that God gives us as a gift could become our stumbling block because Jeez. we just want to protect it instead of actually doing what Jesus is talking about in this passage is how do you take it and you multiply it? How do you take it and you double it? But, but here's the thing about taking something like, whether it's this church or some gift that you have been given by God, here's the thing that I think is a little scary even about it is, if I, those of you guys who are investment gurus, come on. If I came to you and I said, look, I've got an investment for you, and I want you to invest in this thing, and if you do, you're going to get 100% return. So that's what happens in the story, right? They take two, multiply it, uh, and now it's four, five, multiply it, turns into 10. That's a 100% return. If I told you that I had an investment that would give you a 100% return, what would you think? You, you would either think, A, this is a, a scam, right? He's got a scam for me that he's trying to uh, trick me on. Or the second thing that you might think is, if it were legit, you would think this is going to be risky, this is going to be a written, there is no way that you double anything without putting at risk the very thing that you were given in the first place. And in fact, the guy who hides it in the ground, in another uh, translation of this, he says, I buried it in the ground because I was afraid I was going to lose the one. I didn't want to lose the one, and I knew that I'd have to risk it to multiply it. Are you telling me that the guys with five and two didn't risk the original investment? They did, and that's the very people that Jesus says, you did good, you did right. So here we are with a cent five years later. And, and I think we're at like the, the tipping point here one way or another. We could either do what I think, I hate to say this, I think a lot of churches do. A lot of churches, the second they get 
things going and rolling, they move into protection mode and they step back and they just try to protect what they've been given. And you know what happens? That is the fastest way to die. That is how churches go to the graveyard, is by trying to protect what they've been given instead of going, no, I'm willing to risk the original investment. I'm willing to risk what God has done in this community in order to multiply it. Man, we ought to have double, triple, whatever that original vision that we had was, it ought to be, it, it should be much greater now. Now that God has actually given us something to work with. So here's the question, major marker number three. Are we going to go from here to protection mode? Or are we going to go from here to here? That's, that's the next step for a set. Man, if you, I mean, if, you're, if you know sports at all, it's prevent defense. That's what it is. It's pre, you go, they go into prevent defense. We've done, we've risked, we did it, we, got, we, we scored a bunch, we're ahead. And now let's just make sure we don't lose. <laughs> and that's, we, we are not going to go into prevent defense. I hope the only buddy doing prevent defense this year is the Broncos. That's, I, if we're playing prevent defense as the Broncos, that's a good sign, right? Don't even say anything. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Although the Seahawks first game of the season guy. is the Seahawks and Broncos. <laughs> oh, That'll be interesting. Who's going into prevent defense? At home, yes. <laughs> we're taking you down. <laughs> All right. Hey, you guys. I mean, when we summarize this in this passage and what we're looking at next is, is one, recognize your talent. Recognize that God has blessed every one of us with that. If you don't know that, go back and listen to the sermons that Jim gave this summer on, on, on the gifts that, that the Lord has given us. Because he has given every one of us talent. Some of you have the talent to, 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 to use numbers and to know numbers. Use that. Some of you are just good at listening. Use that. You know, Jackie does the hospitality stuff out there, and she's got a T-shirt that says more than a donut. Man, if you've got the gift of hospitality, you're giving out more than just a donut when you're giving that out to somebody. Use that. Use the gifts that the Lord has given you. I mean, you think about that custodian at school that is so good at connecting with a kid, and you just go, that's somebody that's using the gifts that God's given them. Recognize that God has given us talents. We cannot bury them, and we cannot compare them to somebody else. God's going, come on, you've got too much capacity to do good. You've got to step into this and do good. And think about this, you guys. This call, it's a word that we use in church, but this call that God's got us on, that this, he's going, do you realize what I'm extending to you? It is powerful. He's saying the capacity that you have to influence for good is powerful. And are you willing to take that and say, yes, I'm rolling with wherever you want me to go? So real practical. Okay, we want to talk with you. What are we, how are we going to do this? The next 12 to 18 months, what's going to happen? What are we asking you as a community to do? Uh, there's a couple things that Bill and I are praying we are praying that every single person in this room will consider participating in one of these next two things that we're going to share. We hope that as you pray about this, you think about this passage, you think about your own involvement, we want every single person in this room to jump in to some capacity with these two things that we're going to share. Uh, first one is this. Bill, Bill talked a second ago about how um, at the very, before Jesus like, sent people out, to go surprise the community with generosity. Jesus took them, and he taught them, and he was with them. And he, he didn't want them just to run out there and start doing stuff. He wanted them to become the kind of people 
that God would use. He wanted them to become the kind of people that it came natural to them to want to surprise the community with generosity. That doesn't happen by accident. You don't just fall into that. So we want, we want to try something because we know that just going out there and doing a bunch of service projects, right, we're, we're going to burn out fast from that. That's, we got to become the kind of people that God's going to use. So we're going to try something new this fall. It's called Ascent U, okay? Uh, it's not an actual university, <laughs> um, although we could charge some tuition and it, make a lot of money for the thousand dollars a credit thousand dollars a credit and each one of these things are three credit classes that's right be sure to put it on your <laughs> resume too so people are gonna love that but now here's what Ascent U is three times this next year we're gonna run little six-week periods of uh, different experiences the whole goal is to take anybody who signs up for one of these you got a bunch of choices you sign up for one of these experiences and you get a chance to grow into the person that God wants you to be. I'm telling you guys, there is fantastic stuff. We've got a little brochure out there. Do not leave this place without grabbing one of these. You're going to see stuff in there like, how do I actually learn how to talk to God? You're going to see stuff in there like, how do I actually take the Bible? Maybe you own a Bible, but how do you read it for yourself? That's one of the biggest indicators on somebody that's growing is the ability to take the Bible and read it. If you haven't met, we got a guy in our church, Ray Donatucci. Ray Donatucci is going to lead some time just where you can ask hard questions about the faith, really wrestle with things. I'm telling you, you're, <laughs> it's crazy to not try to look at this and go, this is an opportunity for me to grow. Uh, Maurice, you met him up here earlier. Maurice is up doing the announcements. Maurice and I, his wife, Aisha, are going to lead a six-week thing on uh, what does God see about racial reconciliation? I am telling you, these are going to be opportunities for us as a community to grow. We got to huddle with Jesus first. We got to get we got to get talking with Christ about how He's going to grow us as people. And so we are going for Ascent U this year. Please consider jumping in and signing up for one of these. He says he says he called, we call it the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he says and teach them all that I've taught you. And so that's part of what this whole ascent you is the is the part of well I got to know what he's teaching me. And 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 so I think our biggest mistake we could make with ascent you is to go I already know it. I already know it. I already got I already know everything I need to know about racial reconciliation. Really? Or could you sit with Maurice and Aisha and we could learn a whole lot more? I already know everything I need to know about the Bible because I've been, I've had a Bible for 20 years. <laughs> there's, there's a big difference between have a Bible for 20 years and sit with Radon Tucci and have this man that knows as much as he knows to teach us more about what, what, what's going on in that Bible. Take advantage of those things to, teach, to, to, to help others to know what we're learning because that's what Jesus commanded us to do. And then we got to go. We don't want to be a church that just learns and that's it and we don't do anything. We got to go. And so that's where we've, we've set up these go teams. On the website uh, at ascentcc.org, we, we have got tons of local opportunities for you guys that want to do this every week. You can tutor a kid in Louisville Elementary School. If you want to do this once a semester, you can do something like um, we went to principals and asked them, what do you guys want? And one of them was, we want to, uh, to bless the, the, we want to bless teachers by just giving, giving, bringing food to them during their parent-teacher conferences. You know, he says that would be a really cool thing. So surprise the schools, surprise the city, surprise the neighbors, your neighbors, all three of those 
with tons of opportunities are on the website that you can look and go, I'm going to do that one. That's going to fit perfect. We even had one uh, for surprise. Go forward to surprise the neighbors. Keep going. Surprise your neighbors. Snow angels, we call it. It's super corny. I, I came up with it last minute. I'm sorry. But, um, but what it is, we just want to buy a fleet of, of snow blowers and just come over. If you have a truck, load it in your truck and then just go plow the neighborhood. We just thought, how fun would that be? Just go plow the neighborhood. Well, what good's that going to do? It doesn't matter. We are surprising the neighborhood with ridiculous generosity. <laughs> do, you, do you see that? Do you see that in a culture like where we live, if, if we surprise people with generosity, not out of some manipulative, weird way, but out of a genuine thing that God's built in us, do you see how that makes people stop and go, what in the world? Yeah. What in the world? So this today, what we're hoping that you would do today is, is there's going to be people wearing these red shirts, these Surprise Me t-shirts, and they're going to be out there all over the place, and we'd hope that you would think about it. We'd hope that you'd either go to them or go right on your phone yourself or go right into your computer yourself. And some of you guys that are right now on Facebook, switch over right now to AscentCC.org <laughs> and go to, to, to Ascent You or to Go Teams. And you hit it and you just push wh whichever one you want to do. And then you, and you put your name and your email and we'll get back to you with that information. And we're hoping that you would actually respond to it today. So here's what we're going to sum up. The next chapter is about to get written. And we would love for you to be a part of this next chapter. In fact, I think if God's going to do what we hope he does, like we need you. We need every person in this room to be part of this chapter, to take it from here. You've been given a couple bags of money. You've been given five bags. How are we going to double that? We need this church, every person to step in. And we hope that you'll start, start today. Start today by getting involved with one of those two things that we talked about. Uh, I had a, somebody I respect probably more than any other human being, a mentor of mine a few years ago. I was facing a really tough decision about life. It was actually whether to it move. Come here. It was yeah. actually whether to move here or stay at the church I was at before. And he said to me, he said, here's, here's a way to think about it. He said, I want you to think about it that you're reading a book. You're reading a book and you are one of the kind of main characters in the story. As you keep turning the pages and you're reading uh, page after page about the story and you're this character, what are you rooting that you do? As you turn that page, what are you hoping that you do next? And I just thought, man, the, the last thing that I hope that I do as I'm reading my own story is I bury, I bury it in the ground. That'd, that'd be a tragedy. No good stories ever end with the main character burying something in the ground. All the good stories, all the people we love, all the heroes risk. They say we got to go from here to here, and it means putting that, whatever it is, original investment at risk. Man, that's, that's not just the story of our church. That's your story. What do you, what's going to happen? It's going to happen this year as you turn the page. So what we want to do for a moment here, we just want to give us a moment uh, to pray to talk to God about this. We are praying that you guys will get out there and sign up for this stuff. We, we're praying that you'll get in those experiences to grow. Turn the page and you see, yeah, that's when I started changing. That's when I started serving in some way that changed my life and changed other people's lives too. We're praying that that will start today. But it shouldn't be taken lightly. 
And so what we want to do for a second here, we just want to give you a second just to pray. I'm going to start us by praying, and I'm going to leave a little bit of silence. And we're going we're gonna to pray. Becky's going to come up, and we're going to finish out with a final song. Spend this time thinking, guys, and we pray you are going to jump on board with this next step because it's a huge one. It's the okay. privilege that the Lord has given us. It's the command that he's given us. It's a, a massive stewardship that he's given us. Step out, and you have the capacity to do good. Step out and do it. So let's spend some time praying about it, and then we're going to sing one more song, and then you guys are going to come back next week, and we're going to bless the socks off of a bunch of college students. I love it. Lord, we give you today. Thank you for the time with this group. Uh, you have done amazing things through uh, the people here and the people who are new. Uh, it's just, <laughs> I think you have something in mind here for every single one of us, and it's the beginning of the story. God, we pray that you would open up our hearts uh, to whatever it is that you're going to call us to, even if it's scary. Well, we pray, God, that you'd help us to take that step forward and that maybe even today, today would be the beginning of that third marker of the life of our church and the life of us as individuals in this room. So, God, we're just going to take a second in silence, speak to us, and, Lord, we love you.